but I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Wow, cool. Guess what? Winston Churchill never said anything of the sort. Ron DeSantis. That's why I got the feeling that something ain't right. It is something it is. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am, believe it or not, from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in California on uh, KFOI in Red Bluff and Redding and KKRN in Round Mountain. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. Hope you guys all have your, <clears throat> have your power restored up there and are staying safe in the freeze. Uh, let's see. Dub, uh, uh, Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News. Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN. Palinville, New York's WLPP. Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV. Out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Yes, Concord. You're the center of the world for the next 24 hours or so. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Fairmont, West Virginia's WEFR, Seattle's KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, No Lies Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites... Blanketing Planet Earth, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly, no longer infected, investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, Yes, it it actually is good to be back today after uh, I had missed most of last week thanks to my rebound case of covid if you haven't been following our story to date, uh, Desi, Desi Doyne. Hi, Des. Hey. <laughs> this is the part where I talk about you again. Yes, I know. Desi brought home uh, a little something for uh, for Christmas from Texas over the holidays. She brought home some COVID, and thank you again for that, Des. Oh, you're very welcome. She tested positive right after the new year, and then I tested positive about a week later. Both of us had avoided the virus for the past four years. We took all of our shots and our boosters. We've been very good about masking and social distancing when possible. But this uh, still broadening new strain apparently was able to literally get under our skin. And uh, with with family over the holidays, uh, it was apparently impossible to avoid. Now, the good news was that in both her and my case, 
The infection was pretty mild. We uh, largely felt a little more than symptoms of a pretty bad head cold. Is that what you would say, Des? For oh, your yeah. Symptoms? I think, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh, mine was pretty mild, actually. And the best news, frankly, was that both she and I got over it within days as we were both immediately able to get prescriptions for the uh, antiviral drug Paxlovid which began knocking it out of both of us almost immediately. And you have to begin taking it right away within one or two days of the onset of uh, symptoms or testing positive, which we both did. And thanks to excellent Obamacare coverage, uh, we were not charged for that Paxlovid. So after we returned to air for a week, I mean, I tested positive on a Friday. I was back on the air by Monday and feeling largely fine. We were on the air for about a week. All seemed well, the worst behind us, until I suddenly tested positive last Monday morning for a second time with what is called a rebound infection. On, uh, on Monday, we had planned to do a live show here at our flagship affiliate station, KPFK, in Los Angeles. But since I uh, obviously didn't want to put the folks here at risk, we had to do this show from my home studio instead. And we weren't able to be live with you here as we finally are after weeks we've been away, not able to go live with you from the station uh, but today we finally can, which means I finally can take some calls and I would love to hear from all of you. I know Wendell is nodding. Yes, calls. All right, we'll get to it, Wendell. 818-985-5735 is our phone number if anyone wants to call in with any any particular thoughts about, well, really just about anything in the world at this point, even though I know it has been a very slow bunch of news weeks in a row. I detect some irony. Oh, in your, are you uh, my irony there? detector yeah. then? Or well maybe done. sarcasm, I guess, is the yeah, better Yeah, well, well done. Uh, in any event, yeah, I would love to hear from you. A lot going on. I'm going to cover some of it before we get to your calls. But uh, for the first time this year at 818-985-KPFK, I'd love to hear from you wherever you are listening from. Uh, of course, we mostly hear from folks in our live listening area here in Southern California. But if you're streaming and listening online to our kpfk.org stream, give us a call, 818-985-5735. For what it is worth, rebound infections are not terribly unusual. Uh, anywhere from 5 to 20% of folks who tested negative after getting through a COVID infection end up testing positive again in a week's time or so. There may be a, uh, a slightly higher chance of rebound after taking Paxlovid, but the studies are pretty weak on that. And more importantly, the drug if it helps prevent the more serious, severe infections and hospitalization by anywhere from 50 to 85 percent. It lowers that risk. So uh, whatever the risk of, of a rebound may be, medical experts determine it's worth it for those who are especially at high risk of severe infection, like those who are over 50 or former smokers like myself, uh, people with heart conditions, cancer, etc. Now, though I rebounded, I should note, Desi naturally <laughs> did not. Was just fine, wasn't she? Yeah, no rebound. I feel like I should apologize. You for should that. apologize for, for that. Reason. Yes, you absolutely should. And I should say, no rebounds so far. You're still not completely out of the, we'll see. We'll see okay. what happens. Sure, sure, we'll go with that. 
Now, my rebound, Merry Christmas to you too. My rebound uh, last week was largely a matter of a sinus infection. It wasn't too bad, but it did make it kind of impossible for me to speak for an hour, at least in a way that, you know, anyone other than Desi could possibly tolerate for that long. So my great thanks to Desi and to our old friend Nicole Sandler of The Nicole Sandler Show for jumping in to fill my absence last week with with broadcasts galore. Uh, Nicole had, by the way, a great guest on uh, on one of the shows, the, the daughter of the late legendary George Carlin, on a topic that I want to talk about momentarily since it actually now plays into what is going on Tuesday in New Hampshire in the primary, believe it or not. But with uh, Des and, and Nicole jumping in, I believe I was finally able to get some rest and hopefully knocked out the virus for good. Uh, feeling much better today. For the record, I've uh, tested negative twice over the past several days. Haven't had any fever for at least a week, so I'm able to come back to the station with some confidence that I won't make everyone else here sick, at least not from COVID. We're uh, we're not the only ones whose plans were shuffled or, or uh, late due to another rising tide of COVID. I hope you all got your shots, by the way. The uh, E. Jean Carroll defamation suit against Donald Trump went into recess on Monday because of, yes, COVID. MSNBC reports that Trump's attorney, Alina Haba, and other members of his legal team are testing positive for COVID and or are showing symptoms of COVID. One jury member also reported symptoms. Of course, Donald Trump has been huddling very close with his legal team in recent days without masks, and who knows if they are vaccinated or not. So naturally, we send our very best wishes for good health to everyone, including Donald Trump. Yes, Wendell, including Donald Trump uh, and everyone on the legal team. The judge will determine on Tuesday, apparently, if the trial can continue this week or if it needs to be deferred. In the meantime, if you'd like to use your public airwaves today for a happy change, since I haven't been able to open up the phones, give us a shout at 818-985-KPFK. I've got a few things I need to get to today, but at this point, as I said, with you know not much going on at all, other than wars in the Middle East and Ukraine and our disgraced former president waiting for a verdict on damages in his uh, trial for massive fraud in New York State and in the middle of that second trial to determine damages after having been found uh, liable for sexually abusing and or raping former uh, Elle magazine writer E. Jean Carroll in uh, federal court in New York. And as we all await rulings from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals on Trump's ridiculous argument that presidents must have immunity from criminal charges for any and all crimes, including, as his attorney argued in court a week or two ago, including if a president decides he wants to order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate his political rivals. Seriously, that's what he's arguing. That would be totally legal under this argument that Donald Trump is making in court that all presidents have complete and utter absolute immunity. 
That, and as we also await uh, the argument at the U.S. Supreme Court at the beginning of next month that uh, over whether uh, he should or shouldn't be disqualified from the ballot in 2024 for having engaged in insurrection in violation of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, the so-called Insurrection Disqualification Clause. And oh yeah, the 2024 primary elections are now underway at the same time with voters heading to the polls in the first in the nation primary state of New Hampshire on Tuesday. Okay, you'll notice we have uh, no special coverage today of either of the two GOP presidential primary debates that were scheduled over the past several days in New Hampshire, one on ABC and one on CNN, because both of them were canceled when former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley said that she was done debating unless either Donald Trump or Joe Biden were on the debate stage with her. And since Trump had already said he would participate in zero GOP primary debates this year, Strategy that seems to be working out very nicely for him, thank you. Uh, and the only other GOP candidate to qualify for the two uh, New Hampshire debates was uh, was Ron DeSantis. Well, both networks were forced to pull the plug on both the uh, planned New Hampshire debates over the past several days, which also means we've pulled the plug, for today anyway, on our previously planned special coverage of those debates with our friends and uh, post-2024 debate coverage champions this year, Heather Digby-Parton of Salon and Drift Glass of the Pro-Left Podcast. But we will try to find another excuse to have both of them on soon, uh, back on soon. Uh, while it was probably wise of Haley to uh, pull out of those two debates, I should note, as discussed a couple of weeks ago with Digby and Drift Glass, her performance with DeSantis in Iowa uh, uh, in that debate was not great in advance of the Iowa caucuses in which she ended up placing third. But pulling out of those debates may not have won Haley too many friends in New Hampshire, where they take their first in the nation primary status very seriously. They expect candidates to show up and, yes, debate. Haley has been tracking in second place in New Hampshire in recent weeks in some polls by just single digits behind Donald Trump, though that margin has now grown larger in uh, several new polls released over the weekend and could get much larger uh, during uh, Tuesday's New Hampshire primary after, uh, on Sunday night, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis whose motto has been never back down, well, he decided to back down after all. He burned through some $150 million in donor money to come up with something like 8% in the uh, recent New Hampshire polling. And he suspended his 2024 campaign on Sunday after months of being personally attacked by the twice-impeached, 91-times-criminally-charged former president, uh, whose lie about a stolen 2020 election DeSantis sort of tepidly disowned. That's the guy. That's the guy that just last week Ron DeSantis had criticized other Republicans for, quote, kissing the ring of. Seriously, here's DeSantis just last week. You can be the most worthless Republican in America, but if you kiss the ring, he'll say you're wonderful. You can be the strongest, 
most dynamic, uh, successful Republican and conservative in America. But if you don't kiss that ring, then he'll try to trash you. You know what? You deserve a nominee that's going to put you first, not himself first. Yeah. There you, you tell him, Ron DeSantis. And then, that was last week, and then on Sunday, in a four-minute video posted to YouTube, <laughs> concluding one of the worst presidential primary campaigns in recent history, Ron DeSantis subsequently, yes, kissed the ring by offering his endorsement to Donald Trump for the 2024 Republican nomination. All... I guess, likely in hopes of still having a political career at uh, by the time 2028 rolls around so he can try again. Not that I think he'll have any career left necessarily by 2028. You may disagree. If so, I would love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. As we noted at the uh, top of the show, DeSantis even included a pretend quote from Winston Churchill at the end of his kiss the ring capitulation to Donald Trump on Sunday. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. The, the mission of making up fake quotes and being a terrible presidential candidate, apparently, he was, he was so proud of that quote from Winston Churchill that he even used it as, uh, as the text for his tweet that he posted along with his video bowing out of the race and kissing the ring of Donald Trump, endorsing him for 2024. But as the uh, International Churchill Society makes clear on its website today, they can find no attribution for that quote as ever ever having been said by Winston Churchill. It is, quote, according to the uh, Churchill uh, Society, found nowhere in his canon. So it is with that that Ron DeSantis leaves the race. Oh, my goodness. I will say that uh, WFLA in Florida is reporting that Newsweek and The Atlantic report that the quote actually appears to be from a 1939 Budweiser ad <laughs> from Life magazine. Is that right? Yeah. Isn't that fitting? There it is. Yeah. 19, what, 38? 1939. 1939. So that was before Bud Light. <laughs> yes. So, all right. And before those recent controversies In, that DeSantis was trying to capitalize yeah. on for his 2024 campaign. Yeah. How'd that work out, Ron? In any event, uh, by way of thanks, by the way, uh, Trump's fur Trump further humiliated DeSantis even after DeSantis bent the knee, kissed the ring, and endorsed Donald Trump. Uh, Trump again referred to him as Ron DeSanctimonious in the uh, final hours before voting was be uh, set to begin in New Hampshire. That, in between both Trump's civil and criminal trials and his all-caps postings on his social media site, uh, pretty much just begging at this point, begging the U.S. Supreme Court to grant him somehow absolute immunity for crimes that he committed while serving as president. That argument was uh, was even part of his closing argument in uh, this was in New Hampshire, uh, Des, over the weekend. Just yes. To, just to give you an idea of of what we will be dealing with in this unprecedented election year. Go back to being a country of 
law and order have to do it. And you will have, very seldom, but you will have the rogue, we call it the rogue cop, the bad apple, and perhaps you'll have that also with President. But there's nothing you can do about that. You're going to have to give the president, you're going to have to allow a president, any president, to have immunity so that that president can act and do what he feels and what his group of advisors feel is the absolute right thing. Otherwise, you're going to have presidents that are totally impotent. And we've had enough of them already. We've had enough of them already. So having immunity is so important. And I hope the Supreme Court has the courage to do that, because otherwise you're just not going to be in a very strong position very long. It'll totally change our country, in my opinion. Yeah, no. Uh, What will totally change the country, Mr. Former President, is granting immunity from crimes to the president of the United States as you are asking for, as you are demanding. We have never had that. Uh, It is nowhere to be found in the Constitution. And as Trump's own lawyer in court made clear a few weeks ago, If you followed his argument to its logic conclusion, well, Joe Biden could today pick up the phone and order that they call uh, SEAL Team 6 and order them to assassinate Donald Trump. It would be perfectly legal, according to Donald Trump and his attorneys. In federal court, a president should be allowed to murder his opponent. That is, that is literally what Trump is asking his corrupted uh, U.S. Supreme Court uh, right-wing majority to agree with. And yet, as corrupt as the Republican supermajority on that court is, I don't think even they will fall for that one. By the way, in the very same remarks in, uh, yes, Manchester, New Hampshire, on, uh, on Saturday, Trump also explained how good it would be to have a strong man as president. There's a great man, a great leader in Europe, Viktor Orban. He's the, he's the prime minister of Hungary. He's a very great leader, very strong man. Some people don't like him because he's too strong. It's nice to have a strong man running your country. Yeah, it's nice to have a strong man running your country, isn't it? 818-985-KPFK is our phone number if you'd like that strong man. And while that would, you know, normally a comment like that would, would be disqualifying from pretty much any politician who ever said any such thing, apparently Trump's supporters, they have no problem with that sort of thing. That's why they're in it. They're in it for the strong man. They're in it for the dictator. As this remark from an Iowa rally with uh, the Young Turks' Michael Schur speaking to Trump supporters recently made clear. Clip number five. The other day, Donald Trump said on his first day he's going to be a dictator for a day. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that. Would you rather have Donald Trump as a dictator for four years or re-elect Joe Biden for four years? I would rather have Donald Trump. I'd like to see the repeal of the Roosevelt law so that he can be a president for a lot more than four years. But we, this country, needs a dictator. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Michael Shore spoke with a whole bunch of Trump supporters asking them that same question. Would you rather have uh, Donald Trump as a dictator or Joe Biden as president for the next four years? You can imagine how they answered. Maybe we'll play more from that interview a little bit later this week on the broadcast. 
the uh, Roosevelt Law he's talking about is the 22nd Amendment, uh, which says that the presidents can only serve two terms. Uh, but he would like this Trump supporter would like a dictator. So, uh, as I said, more on that uh, perhaps later this week, uh, though I would love to hear from you, particularly if you support the idea. And I know you're listening out there. The idea that having a strong man and or dictator as president of the United States, if you think that would be a good thing. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Give me a call. I would just like to hear why. Tell me why you would want such a thing. I'll be nice. Meanwhile, over on the Democratic side of the aisle up in New Hampshire on Tuesday, well, there is no official primary uh, contest, uh, at least according to the DNC. The DNC has decided that South Carolina instead will now be, for this year anyway, the first official primary state. That contest in South Carolina for Democrats uh, only will be on Saturday, February 3, so just a week or two from now. Early voting kicks off uh, today in South Carolina in the Democratic primary, as I understand it. The Republican primary in South Carolina will be held on February 24, so that's about a month from now, though there may not be anybody other than Trump on the ballot in South Carolina by the time we get to, yes, Nikki Haley's home state, where Donald Trump is leading Nikki Haley by about 35 points, according to most recent polling. She's trailing by a huge margin. So, yeah, she really needs to win in New Hampshire on Tuesday, or it will be pretty much over for her as well. I suspect she will be also kissing the ring. But none of that. The uh, the DNC's decree that South Carolina shall be first, none of that has stopped the New Hampshire uh, primary from... Uh, where's my notes on this here? Uh... I'll find it. I got it somewhere. None of that has stopped the uh, the New Hampshire primary from running a new a Democratic uh, primary anyway up there in New Hampshire, as their constitution actually mandates that they must hold the first primary in the nation. And uh, whether it's taken seriously by the parties or not. So. um President Biden is not going to be on that ballot, but there will be a ballot, apparently, for Democrats in New Hampshire. Biden's not on the ballot, at least officially, as some long shot contenders like self-help guru Marion Williamson and Minnesota U.S. Congressman Dean Phillips. They will be appearing on the uh, on the sanctioned, unsanctioned, I should say, unsanctioned Democratic ballot nonetheless. But Biden will not. And there has been uh, an effort among some in New Hampshire to have folks write in Joe Biden on the ballot to write in his name anyway on the Democratic primary ballot on Tuesday, even though it will not result in any delegates for any of the candidates write in or otherwise under DNC rules this year. But as we tend to cover the horse race uh, less than we do the track conditions on which those horses are running, we do have some news on the Democratic side out of New Hampshire today. That's what I'm uh, trying to get to here. I, I lost track of it. 
See, haven't done this show in a while. I need to learn how to do this thing. Uh, there we go. Uh, so one of our guests on the show last week, when the great Nicole Sandler was sitting in for me, one of our guests was Kelly Carlin, the, uh, the only uh, child of the late, great, legendary comedian George Carlin. She spoke with Nicole about an hour-long so-called comedy special that was recently posted to YouTube featuring what sounded like George Carlin's voice. But in fact, it was entirely created by artificial intelligence. Uh, as she noted, nothing in that so-called special uh, was actually anything that her father ever actually said. And I listened to part of it, and it is terrible, but it is a fairly impressive demonstration of the technology that is now available. Uh, and as Kelly warned on the broadcast last week, this could affect a lot more than just her father and her father's memory, but it could affect all of us in various ways. If you missed that broadcast, you can down you can, as always, you can download it for free at bradblog.com. So now what does all of that have to do with Democrats in the New Hampshire primary today? Well, there is this today from NBC, MSNBC, I think. The New Hampshire Attorney General's office says it is investigating what appears to be an unlawful attempt, that's a quote, at voter suppression after NBC News reported on a robocall impersonating President Joe Biden telling the recipients not to vote in Tuesday's presidential primary. And it's a more impressive uh, artificial uh, voice than what we heard, frankly, with, uh, with George Carlin. Quote, although the voice in the robocall sounds like the voice of President Biden, this message appears to be artificially generated based on initial indications. That, according to a statement from the New Hampshire Attorney General's office. And yes, it really does sound convincing. Here is a little bit of that fake robocall as obtained by NBC News. A bunch of malarkey. We know the value of voting Democratic when our votes count. It's important that you save your vote for the November election. We'll need your help in electing Democrats up and down the ticket. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. If you would like to be removed from future calls, please press 2 now. So... That's a pretty impressive artificial intelligence, it seems to me, Desi Duane. Yeah, we should make clear that that was absolutely fake. That yep. was not Joe Biden telling Democrats not to vote uh, in the New Hampshire primary. But it is an example of how uh, the people who tend to pull dirty tricks before elections have some new tools yep. at hand to really fool voters, to be the, extra careful because of that. The uh, New Hampshire AG's office said in their statement, uh, quote, these messages appear to be an unlawful attempt to disrupt the New Hampshire presidential primary election and to suppress New Hampshire voters. New Hampshire voters should disregard the content of this message in entirely. The investigation comes after a prominent New Hampshire Democrat whose personal cell phone number showed up on the caller IDs of those receiving the call had filed a complaint about the call. The message also concludes with a phone number belonging to this same woman, Kathy Sullivan, a former New Hampshire Democratic Party chair who is now running a super PAC supporting the campaign to urge 
New Hampshire Democrats to write in Biden's name in the primary. Uh, Local supporters launched the late write-in effort as a way to both marshal support for Joe Biden and send a message to the National Party about the Granite State's coveted century-long tradition of holding the nation's first primary. But importantly, the message from Biden was fake. And I, I would argue disturbingly so. And Sullivan says she has nothing to do with it, despite her number showing up on caller IDs and being given out to recipients at the end of the call. This appears to be nothing less than the first known dirty trick of the 2024 campaign. In an interview, Sullivan said she began receiving calls on Sunday evening from those who had received the message. One woman she uh, spoke to told her that uh, one woman that she spoke to told her that Biden had called her though she said she was not even a Biden supporter. Sullivan uh, continued, I said, you got a call from Joe Biden and he gave you my number? A volunteer for the write-in effort also received one of the calls and recorded it and shared it with organizers of the write-in campaign who uh, subsequently shared it with NBC News so we could share it with you. It's not clear how many voters received the call or which type of voters were targeted. Lists of voters' phone numbers can be readily purchased from data brokers. And Sullivan said that while it isn't clear who is behind the call, it's obvious, quote, it's obviously somebody who wants to hurt Joe Biden. I guess by calling an annoying uh, non-supporters of Joe Biden or even supporters of the write-in effort by, you know, telling them they shouldn't vote for Joe Biden. Uh, Sullivan, who is an attorney, said, quote, I want them to be prosecuted to the fullest extent possible because this is an attack on democracy. She believes the call could be uh, could violate several laws. And she said, I'm not going to let it go. I want to know who's paying for it, who knew about it, who benefits. She said she plans to engage federal law enforcement. Biden campaign manager uh, said that the uh, campaign is actively discussing additional actions to take immediately. And this is, remember, right out of the gate. This is the first primary in the nation. And right out of the gate, we're seeing dirty tricks like this. You think we're going to see more? 818-985-KPFK. Sullivan served as the party chair in 2002 up in New Hampshire when a notorious phone jamming effort by Republicans was carried out during a hotly contested U.S. Senate race. The uh, two Republican officials that year, including the executive director of the state Republican Party and a Republican National Committee operative who we have had on this show a couple of times over the years after he got out of prison and has been trying to make amends, well, they were um, they were convicted of using computer generated phone calls to disrupt Democrats and their get out the vote call center operations back in 2002. Of course, the uh, the uh, the the technology at this point makes it much, much easier to do even worse things, as that phone call uh, makes pretty clear, I think. So a, a spokesman, uh, meanwhile, for Trump's campaign denied any connection to the call, saying, uh, not us. We have nothing to do with it. So there you go. Sounds like they did it. Uh, anyway, just kidding. But am I kidding? Anyway, if you're a strong man, you know, they let you do it. Am I right? So 
Who done it? Any ideas? 818-985-KPFK if you want to ring in on that or anything else as we try to at least begin getting caught back up with so much. It's like running in quicksand, but we will do what we got to do. And by the way, I fear that that faked AI robocall is just the beginning of what we are going to see in this unprecedented election year. Do you share those concerns? Now, I've got more, including some breaking news late today that I want to get to from the U.S. Supreme Court and some important redistricting news in advance of 2024 that I can get to, or you can give me a call to talk about whatever you would like to discuss. 818-985-KPFK, and I'll try to put uh, some of that other stuff off for tomorrow's broadcast. You decide. What, What do you hope happens in the days ahead regarding the primary election or Trump's various trials and court motions, you're free to play uh, pundit if you like. Uh, Will he actually end up on the November election ballot at all? And if so, how do you think that's going to uh, go in uh, in a contest between him and presumably Joe Biden? It's early in the year, but I'd love to hear from you. Or perhaps I should better ask, uh, what do you hope will happen and what do you fear will happen in 2024? 818-985-5735. Anyway, we will go wherever you want to go after a quick break here. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the once again and hopefully forever COVID-free Bradcast. Hey, it's Brad. Well, we are here in another critical presidential election year. We cover elections like no other outlet in the nation. This election year will be a big one like none other. It could even be the last one, depending on how it goes. Seriously. Please help the Bradcast continue in this critical election year. Support our work right now with a generous donation via bradblog.com slash donate. Help keep the Bradcast and bradblog.com free for all. We couldn't do any of this without you. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate right now. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. day here in Los Angeles. Uh, good day for Scott Joplin. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Getting to your calls very momentarily. Actually, let me get to one of them now and I'll get back to uh, some of this breaking news from the Supreme Court momentarily. Let me go to Matt in San Luis Obispo. Hey, Matt. Ha- happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year to everybody. What's on your mind, my friend? I can't believe, I can't believe you don't want a straw man for a president. A, a strong man, not a straw man. A strong... I know. I'm, okay, all right. Joking. Either one of them I, I don't, I'm not in favor of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what the heck's up with Nikki Haley failing when she was in charge of security on October 6th? Yeah, of course, I'm she enough. didn't I'm fail. Sorry, that... um, January, I know. I, I, I know you know, Matt, but I have to be your Matt translator. In fact, the <laughs> okay. uh, Donald Trump referred to Nikki Haley about four times as having failed to protect the Capitol <laughs> on uh, January 6th, even though apparently he was talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi. 
And yet <laughs> we're supposed to be concerned that uh, Joe Biden is the one who has some sort of uh, mental problems. <sighs> anyway, Matt, you called in to tell me why people are voting third party, or is that a question? Well, I, it's not really. I mean, the observation is, um, you know, what, what is, you know, funding a, a, this genocide is not really good for PR. Mm. Yeah. And, and the way that this is continuing to uh, be echoed throughout his administration and with Blinken. And I mean, this is insane. I used to wonder how um, the Nazis could have gotten away with what they did and the complacency and complacency of 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 everybody else. Mm. And now I really kind of get a bead on how that is is you know, that same sort of fervor happening again. And so I'm even more in the open. And I think it's really, really harming him now. Uh, again, serving as the Matt translator here, apparently, of course, you're talking about uh, the Biden administration's support for Israel, Israel's yeah. uh, attack and uh, an assault on uh, Gaza that has been uh, we're over 100 days now. And last I checked was 23,000 killed, two thirds of them women and children. Um, and then you and then you jump to Nazis. So who are you comparing the Nazis to? Uh, uh, no, no, I was saying I used yeah. to wonder how how all of that could have happened. Yeah, uh, how the rest of the world and, and how how something like that could have ever even happened. And yeah. now, with the behavior and the opinions and the complacency, I'm I'm getting a little hint as to how. Mm. That could have happened because, you know, it's 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 a weird phenomenon where abused people grow up to abuse, molested children grow up to molest. Yeah. And but also, I think it's a little insulting to uh, the, the Jewish religion, to Judaism, to say that these actions are a reflection of of preserving Judaism. It's, this is political. All right. Well, Matt, you're, you're, anybody who knows the you know, history from 1948 yeah. will recognize this is very much like what happened when the Europeans invaded and, and messed up all the native folks. Of, well, let, where we live. let me, uh, Matt, I, I think you're you're. I think you're trying to conflate two different things into one uh, coherent uh, argument. I think what you're trying to say is that because people don't like the way that Joe Biden is dealing with Israel, that this will then allow a strong man like Donald Trump to come in, even though he's a strong man who arguably says he wants to be a strong man, a strong man who obviously uh, would not do what Joe Biden at least is trying to do and Blinken is trying to do, which is get the uh, Israelis to back down at least from their grotesque assault uh, on on civilians essentially in in Gaza, so I, so I think what uh, is that what you're trying to get at, Matt? Very well, quickly because I got to get a little, going. It, it's a, it's a, they're enabling it. They're funding it. They're you know uh, there's about okay. And you're Matt. You're saying they're funding they're funding it. They're enabling it. And you're saying that that is what will lead to a Donald Trump presidency. Is that where you're? Well, I hope I'm, I what I'm saying is that will lead to less votes for Biden. Okay. 
Fair enough. Uh, and I don't disagree. Yeah, Thanks. Thank you, Matt. Good to hear from you. Happy New Year. 818-985-KPFK. Very quickly, I'll get back to more phones momentarily. Hang on there. But um, this uh, news, the, the I want to hit this because I, I had a, a sort of a, a deep dive news coverage of what the uh, Texas's far right governor, Greg Abbott, has been doing at the southern border in Texas. I think it was last week. I think it was my last show before I got knocked out again by COVID. Uh, And what he's doing down there appears to be designed to spark some kind of a civil war, as I argued last week, between the Texas military department and the federal government. Abbott has been locking out federal border patrol officials from miles of the border. The uh, border patrol is supposed to oversee the federal border, the border between Texas and Mexico in this case, the international border. That's supposed to be left to the federal government, but Abbott has been locking out the uh, Border Patrol, the federal Border Patrol, from miles and miles of border. He's been deploying razor wire on the banks of the Rio Grande, and in a horrific, uh, just a horrific incident over a week or so ago, a woman and her two children drowned. They died after Mexican officials had sent out a distress call for these three who were in trouble in the water, but the Texas military actually physically blocked the Border Patrol from answering the call, the distress call, and apparently refused, uh, the Texas military refused to uh, take action themselves. The Biden administration, meanwhile, had been waiting for a decision from the U.S. Supreme Court in their challenge against what Texas is doing. And on Monday... Not long before airtime here, the Supreme Court announced it is allowing U.S. Border Patrol agents to remove the razor wire that was deployed by Texas um, by Governor Greg Abbott uh, while the uh, legal challenge to the practice plays out. The vote, however, was five to four. So four members of the corrupted Supreme Court, in case you couldn't guess who they were, it was Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh. They were just fine with state governments co-opting federal duties and blocking federal officials from doing their job on land controlled by the federal government, even if people have to die in the bargain. They got no problem with that. The justice's order is a major victory for President Biden, according to CNN, uh, in his ongoing dispute with Abbott. And the Justice Department asked the uh, justices earlier this month to step in on an emergency basis, which they finally did on Monday after the far right judges on the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals had told the uh, federal Border Patrol that they could not take down the razor wire that was put up by Abbott's state militia. So, uh, yep, it's right there in the Constitution. Uh, The feds, uh, federal law takes uh, uh, prominence over state law. It's right there in the Constitution. But apparently that only matters to constitutional conservatives like myself, apparently, unlike Greg Abbott. uh, And, you know, folks like me actually think we ought to follow it. Uh, Or if we don't like what it says in the Constitution, change it. That goes for the Insurrection Disqualification Clause, by the way, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Even if I think disqualifying Trump from the ballot might make it much, much easier for Republicans to defeat Joe Biden, too bad. 
The Constitution says what the Constitution says until you change it. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to Fred in Orange County. Hey, Fred, welcome to the broadcast. Happy New Year. Hey, uh, Happy New Year to you, Brad. Hey, I wanted to let you know that AI is being used by Israel in this, uh, what you uh, term, grotesque assault, which is genocide. It's uh, crimes against humanity. And it's um, ethnic cleansing. 65 to 70 percent of all the homes, uh, apartment buildings, have been destroyed. Correct. How is uh, how does artificial what does artificial intelligence have to do with it? Well, they're using AI. Uh, I'm talking about the Israeli Israeli military uh-huh. to generate targets. They're, they've generated mm, so many targets that yeah. they, the military can keep up with it. Fred, and if you wanted called, to, if you called, uh, let, me, let me finish. Uh, up, okay. Me, no, no, no. Let me no. Let me respond because we we don't have a lot of time. But if you wanted to call in and complain about Israel uh, and the U.S. Uh, dealing with them, that would have been fine. You didn't have to hide it behind. Artificial intelligence having something to no, do with no, it, Fred? No. no. Oh, no. Well, the, well I'm, about five or six months ago, I asked you to please invite Max Blumenthal on the air because Palestinians were being killed in the West Bank. 250 people were, being, uh, were killed by, by July, you know, massacred. Yeah. And no one was saying anything. So I'm saying that Josh Paul who resigned from the State Department, was the guest of Ralph Nader. Yeah. And he said that the U.S. Congress has gotten calls on a 10-to-1 ratio for a ceasefire. But okay. yeah, our, 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 our president is kissing the finger of Netanyahu. Okay. You know, talking about kissing the finger. All right. And, 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 and it's, yeah. called the, it's called the gospel. All right. Thank, thank you, Fred. And listen, I would have gone on with this conversation more, but I don't appreciate... The I, I don't mind your your point of view here. I don't uh, mind the argument you're making. I don't even necessarily disagree with uh, many of the points you're making, perhaps most of the points you're making. But you don't need to come in under artificial means. You don't have to come in and say, oh, yes, I want to talk about artificial intelligence. It's because they're using it in Israel to target. I mean, just, you know, be honest about what you're doing, Fred. I don't keep people off the air. Um, yeah, but I just this is associative thinking. You brought it up with New Hampshire, so I'm yeah. just playing. You know, I'm right. using, I'm rolling with the punches. Okay, thanks. <laughs> All right, thanks, Fred. I do appreciate yeah. that. Eight one eight nine eight five KPFK is our phone number. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. Do Des, we don't turn people away. <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't. Uh, so, I mean, at least generally we don't. But there is something that I find curious about the yep. approach uh, for this, especially for people who feel like, and I can totally understand that the uh, Biden administration uh, has not articulated a strategy for why they are supporting uh, Israel. And uh, without, and I know that they are working behind well, the scenes, support, as they have said. The U.S. Uh, always supports Israel. We have always always supported Israel for good or ill. That's not the point I'm making, but right. uh, the, the country has always stood behind uh, Israel. And I think I'm, I'm quite sure that Joe Biden realizes if he did not do so now, uh, he'd be in a hell of a lot of problem come uh, November of 2024 Absolutely. if he could be painted as, a, as an enemy of Israel. 
Right. And and I think what is remarkable here is that we do hear a lot of corporate media coverage about Biden and about voters being a very unhappy with that approach. But we don't really hear corporate media asking Donald Trump as the front runner or uh, about what he would do yep. if he is reelected yep. as president. Because as I understand it, he would pretty much give uh, you know the right wing extremist prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, Netanyahu yep. a, a blank check to yep. do whatever he wants. Yep. For uh, against the Palestinians. So it seems to me that perhaps people, I don't know if they're thinking through or if they feel, uh, you know, what happens if Trump is elected, what will happen after that to Palestinians, or if they have some other strategy in mind that I'm not aware of. Uh, handing this particular war over to Donald Trump, uh, no matter what you think of what Joe Biden is doing here, handing that over to uh, a guy, an avowed uh, you know, strong man like Donald Trump, who loves strong men like Bibi Netanyahu, uh, you know, who has said you do anything you want, who was actually uh, reportedly had to be prevented Donald Trump from attacking Iran near the end of his own uh, uh, first term in office. You're right. The media has not been asking him a word about that. The, he's gotten off scot-free. He hasn't done the uh, the debates. You know, meanwhile, what we do know is that Joe Biden has been trying and trying to get uh, to pull Netanyahu back. Has he tried as far as saying we're not giving you any more money? No. Then again, I don't know that that would matter. I think Israel is perfectly able to uh, to buy and fund its own uh, military equipment at this point without the U.S., and, uh, you know, I, I think I would rather have the president of the United States at the table making clear to Netanyahu that this needs to stop even while he's uh, supporting him financially, which yes. I, I, I oppose. And, and there but, could... let's, but let's be honest about what's going on here. And you make an excellent point, Des, that I have no idea what uh, uh, Donald Trump's position is on this specific matter, because I have not heard him ask be asked that question once. Yes, and I and I do get the impression that because Netanyahu is a far right extremist, uh, that he would probably prefer to have Donald Trump oh, yeah. in the White House. There's no so question. it may be that Netanyahu is actually enjoying the impact yep. that uh, his uh, work is doing on the Biden uh, campaign. L perhaps. Let me get to. I'm coming up to the top of the hour. Let me get to uh, one last call here uh, very quickly. Apologies that we're going to have to be. Uh, quick to our friend, oh, Roger in Minneapolis. Hey, Roger, welcome to the uh, back to the broadcast, sir. Happy New Year to you. Hope you are doing well and that uh, you're not too cold up there in Minneapolis. Well, we certainly had a cold spell. Yep. Um, but it's warmer now. I'm glad that you guys have um, weathered COVID successfully. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I've been uh, following your progress and really glad you're back. I am an outlier at this point. I haven't had it yet because I've tried terribly hard. Good. Uh, and continue to. Good. Anyhow, uh, moving right along, the foreseeable future with the general media landscape having adopted the trope of taking this race as one between two candidates for president, essentially, how is Trump in any way a legitimate candidate? It's absolutely bizarre. We're being sold a bill of goods here, and the Republicans and the money people behind them 
will stop at nothing to establish autocracy in this country unless we stop them. And it's going to take a phalanx of different approaches to do it, including sounding all 47 fire departments worth of alarm bells, for heaven's sake. We have to be alert on and active on all fronts if we're going to survive as a democracy. Otherwise, my passport is going to have to be renewed. Yeah, well, this is one of the points that uh, you know, because I know you uh, follow the show closely, Rogers, one of the points that I have been making for all of the concerns, the policies, the various things, the various complaints that many have, uh, legitimate or otherwise, against the uh, Biden administration, against Joe Biden. I get it. I understand. And I look forward to fighting that battle when we are not fighting a literal existential, uh, existential battle for the right. uh, American democracy, which is what it, w- we are facing no less than that this year, period. You know, Brad, Brad, I completely agree with you. You know, I, I am a, a, a non-Zionist Jew. I'm, I'm horribly upset with what is happening and, how, and, and the United States' complicity in it. And it's clearly weakening Biden. But that should not put the least bit of a chink in our armor of adopting exactly the stance that you are um, putting forward, which is that this is stakes larger than we can even imagine. And, yep. um, and, and American uh, um, imperialism, which was kind of spoken to by a previous scholar, that was sort of the underlying point there. We're never going to uproot that if we have autocracy in this country. That's yep. step one. Yep. Don't have autocracy. <laughs> step two, working, work on undoing imperialism. Roger, good to hear from you, my friend. I have got to get out, unfortunately. And yeah, I think I think that was the point that Matt was sort of trying to get at. But I think we all need to keep our eyes on the prize or at least the ability to keep fighting for that prize because that ability could end very soon. Thank you, Roger. Good hearing from you, my friend. Stay well. Got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our board operator today, Wendell Handy, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. Drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks, Mastodons, and site still known as Twitter, I am the Brad Blog. We'll see you there. Until we see you here tomorrow, hopefully. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. the Bradcast. We are 100% listener supported thanks to listeners like you who drop by bradblog.com slash donate.